series uh, on the book of Esther, the lessons uh, that we are learning from the book of Esther. It's not really an in-depth study of the book, but we are picking things that stand out, things that we can learn from. Remember, the word of God has been given to us for learning. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable uh, for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, uh, for instruction in righteousness, so that the men of God may be equipped, thoroughly equipped and finished for every good work. So we are going through scripture, we are going through the word of God uh, so that we can get lessons that can help us uh, in this life and lessons that will help us to become better people as we walk through this journey of life. So I believe that so far the message has been a blessing to you and today we are on lesson number 27, I'm sure, and the journey continues. The title for the message today is We Care, We Care, We Care. Uh, a couple of um, weeks ago, I think it's now three weeks now, the Lord has been ministering to me about, about this, this particular uh, topic. Uh, prayed about it, uh, meditated on it, shared with a few friends, uh, spoke to them about what God was laying on my heart. And it has just been in me for the past three weeks. So I'm, I'm sharing with you today something that has really been a blessing to me, uh, something that has really helped me, um, things that God shared with me that made me ask questions. Um, and as a result, I, I got answers and the Lord ministered to me greatly. So We Care is the title for the message today. Esther chapter number 2 verse 11. Esther chapter number 2 verse 11. Now the Bible says, and every day Mordecai passed in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. To learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. So the context, just to refresh your mind a little bit, Esther is now in the palace, uh, not as a queen, but she is preparing herself just like the other women in order for her to then present herself before the king after 12 months. And the Bible says Mordecai, who was at this particular time, he was already working, uh, manning the gate of the king. He was already working as, as, a, as, a, as a security guard, we may say, uh, for the king. So the Bible then says, and every day, okay? So it, is, it was an everyday thing. It was a daily thing. Mordecai made it a point that what, what we are about to hear, what we are about to see was done every day. Not occasionally, but it was an everyday thing. Every day, Mordecai passed in front of the court of the women's quarters. The women's quarters, this is where Esther was. So every day, Mordecai passed in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Now, when I, when I saw this, you know, at, at first it was just like, well, another verse, this is just Mordecai doing what Mordecai was doing. And I was ready to get back and to go to the next verse and get the next lesson. When the Lord brought my attention to a number of things. Number one, I mentioned it was daily. Number two, Mordecai wanted to learn of Esther's welfare. 
he wanted to know if Esther was okay. Esther, are you okay? And number three, he wanted to know what was happening to her. What is happening to you? What is going on in your life? Now, these are the things that we are going to focus on today uh, in our teaching. We care. Caring is at the center of the gospel that we preach. The gospel of grace is a show of how God cares, how God loves humanity. And throughout in Jesus' teachings, the apostles' teachings, there is a great emphasis of us caring for each other. We need to be caring for a brother, a sister, uh, someone close to you, because we have been called by a God who has cared for us, and he is calling us to reflect and to show that same life to people around us. We need to care, because caring is at the center of the gospel that we preach. Now, here are a few things that you need to know now. Number one, Esther is already in a good place. Esther is in a palace. There are many times when we look at those people who are in the palace and we feel like, what's the point of checking out on them whether they are okay? They are already in the palace because of their location. The location of where they stay, they should be okay. All right, a person stays in Santon, well, why should I ask if that person who is staying in Santon is okay? He has to be okay. He lives in Santon. He has to be okay. He stays in Campsbury. He has to be okay. He stays in Constantia. He has to be okay. He stays in Bedford. But Mordecai did not say because Esther is now in the palace, then everything must be well and I don't need to be checking up on her to know whether she is okay or not. But yet he continuously and daily checks up on her. Are you okay? So when God started ministering this to me, he asked me, how many times do you call people to just to check on them and ask them, are you okay? How many times do you meet people and ask them, are you okay? Is everything well with you? Because a person may be driving the very latest of cars, but it does not mean that they are okay. Many times we conclude, well, he must be eating a good meal, he's in the palace. Mordecai knew that Esther is having everything, probably that is good, better than what Mordecai was providing in his home. He is in a better place, better than where we are. He is, uh, she's probably eating good food, better than we are eating. But there are so many things about or to a person than just being in a good place. There are many things about life. There's so much, there is so much to life than eating good food. There is so much to life than sleeping on a good bed. There is the emotional aspect of life. There is a spiritual aspect to life. There is a physical life aspect to life. Sometimes the physical is good, but is the emotional state of that person okay? Sometimes the person stays in a very good place. But is it okay with your job? Is it okay with your welfare? Is it okay with your fellowship with God? Is it okay with your relationship with your children? Are you okay is a question that we should constantly, every time, daily, ask people around us. What is even more surprising now is that we are living in a world 
where that question seems like a person is intruding into your private life, your private space. Why would you call me? Why would you ask me, are you okay? Do I not look okay? Okay? What is it that you have seen that has prompted you to ask the question, are you okay? This is the kind of life that we live in. Oh, are you you're asking me every time, are you okay? Well, what is it? Is, is, is everything okay with my face? face? Is everything okay with my health? What is it about me that is causing people to ask, are you okay? Because it is not a question that people now have gotten used to be asked. People don't look at it as a question that is coming from a place and a position of care. But people sometimes look at it as a question that is asking, uh, that is being asked, that is coming from a position where a person is trying to fish out information from you. But we need to come to a place as children of God where the question is a question of care, not a question of a person who is trying to intrude into your business. How do you take it when people ask you, are you okay? We need in our lives, especially during these difficult times, to make it our habit, an everyday habit, to ask, are you okay? When you meet a brother, are you okay? Are you spiritually okay? Are you physically okay? Are you financially okay? Are you emotionally okay? Someone says, well, what's the point of asking if a person is okay if I don't have solutions to their problem? You don't ask, are you okay? Because you have got solutions. You ask because you care. You ask because you care. I'm asking because I care for you. I may not have the money to give you, but probably the little that I have, I'll be able to share. I may not have enough money to give you if I know that you are not financially okay, but maybe I can help say a prayer on your behalf. I may not have, you know, the best solution uh, to your health, but maybe I know a person, maybe I know a doctor who can help you. I may not have the best counsel for your marriage, but when I ask, are you okay? And you tell me, look, I've got a marriage problem. Maybe I know somebody who can help you, a counselor who can be a blessing to you. Maybe I can pray for you. So asking the question, are you okay, is not a sign that you have all the solutions. There are many lives that we probably can save, many suicides that we can probably can stop by simply asking the question, are you okay? Is everything well with you? Esther, you are in the palace, but are you okay? We receive, you know, news each and every time. People who stay in the most, you know, lavish of places who commit suicide. Why do they commit suicide? Because sometimes it's not about the place. Sometimes it's about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Let's make it a habit. 2021, 2022, 2020, 30, whatever year it is, let's make it a habit to ask the question, are you okay, to the other brother, to the other sister, to people around you. Maybe by asking that question, you can actually open the heart of a person and they'll be able to pour out their heart and you can point them to the solution that is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Mordecai did this daily. So the Lord said to me then, well, you do it, but you do it sometimes. How often do you do it? How often do you check up on the welfare of other people around you? During the, the lockdown, who did you call to find out if they're okay? And how often did you do it? I'm not saying do it every day. 
but I'm simply saying let's make it a habit and do it often to just check on other people. It will be heartbreaking to know that one of the brothers, one of the household of the faith, one of the members you know, of the church has died of hunger, not of COVID-19, but has died of hunger. And all of us will go there at their grave, I mean, at their funeral, we try and raise money, but we never dared to ask the question, are you okay? We should make it. You know, one, one guy, one pastor, you know, shared with me a very heartbreaking story at some point. You know, they had collected money for the men of God. They had, you know, gone all out to make sure that money has been collected. And a week later, after collecting all this, you know, for the pastor, for this big person, a week later that the child passed on, died of hunger. Wow. How can one in a midst struggle when there are people who have got probably plenty and when there are people who have got solutions? Mordecai made sure that it was a daily thing to ask, are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything well with you? Now, so I, I checked what care, the definition for care or what it means to care. Uh, just the basic English dictionary says, just to be interested in someone's business, to take thought, to be considerate. And the other word that is used there, it's parenting, mothering, fathering, to show concern. We need to show concern. Mordecai was showing concern. He was not like, well, Esther, I put you in the palace. I've set you up for greatness. Now you're on your own. You have to figure out everything. He did not leave anything to chance. You have to be okay. There are people who take care of you there, so you, you must be okay. Never delegate the responsibility to check on your brother to someone else. It must be your responsibility. It must be my responsibility. It is not the duty of your pastor. It is a duty of you as a believer. Let the pastor take care of his own um, responsibilities. He has to do it because he is a pastor. But the pastor has to be in all of us. The, the heart of God has to be resident in all of us. And we should be checking on each other. Remember, we are the body of Christ. We're going to get into that scripture um, in the next few minutes. We are the body. We are members of the same body. And we should learn to care for each other. So Mordecai made it his responsibility. Even when uh, Esther had left the house. Even when Esther was in the palace, even when Esther was in a better place, but Mordecai made it your, his responsibility. I want to challenge you today to make it your responsibility to always find out, are you okay? Who are you checking on in this season? Who are you talking to in this season? Oh, it's all about you and your children. As long as you and your children are okay, then that's it. That's all that matters to you. Your children only don't constitute the body of Christ. Your husband doesn't constitute the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Together as a unit, we are the body of Christ. Sometimes that phone call can change a life. Sometimes that, you know, passing through someone's house just to say, I'm here just to check if you are okay. It will save a life. Praise God. So caring for someone, it's not a Sunday thing. 
all right we're gonna be sharing you know to all grace chapter church uh, members members on wednesday the 13th of january the vision and the direction that god has, has, has given us for the church we are no longer waiting for people to come to church we are bringing church to the people we have to go where they are we have to go to the homes to those places and make sure that church is not what we do on sunday when everybody all of a sudden is putting on a smile on their faces is asking well are you okay my brother well i love you with the love of god please don't love me on sunday only don't check on me on sunday only it has to be a monday a tuesday a wednesday a thursday friday saturday and sunday thing we should not be restricted you know to days we should not check on each other only when we meet but you are in my mind. You are in my mind. I'm thinking about you. I, I've got, I'm interested in your life each and every day of the week. So this is the heart of the Father for us in this season to always be checking on each other and find out if everything is okay and if everyone is okay. So these are the two questions. Who are you caring for? At this time and the second question is who are you checking up on during these times who are you praying for is part of showing that you care who are you praying for right we are encouraging who are you encouraging not to give up in this season because people are throwing in the towel other people are giving up you know people are being retrenched but the question is who are you as an individual, as part of the member of the body of Christ, who are you checking up on and caring for? That's, that's what God has called us for. Right? Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. So the Bible talks of Jesus leaving the 99, right? Only to go after the one. That is a sign of caring. Leaving the 99 going after the one person one matters one broken in our midst we should be able to learn to care for them i'll give you a few of my stories my own testimonies so i pastored a church uh, in zimbabwe at some point so the church was renting for me two rooms right not a two-bedroom house but only two rooms so i had a kitchen and a bedroom so other guys you know they were facing challenges um they wanted to come and stay with me so i opened up my door they came to stay at my house so with the six of us sharing one bedroom so we had put two beds i was sleeping with the other you know two guys on one bed so with three on one bed and the other three on the other bed all right and i remember you know the church leaders they came to me i was actually called by my senior pastor and saying that the church leaders are complaining they are not happy that we are staying with people because whatever food that we are raising uh, the church is raising and bringing to the house the people who are just benefiting and they're just doing nothing and uh you know so the leaders are have asked me to tell you to chase those people away and i say to them look i'm not gonna chase these people away because they are part of the congregation that i'm leading they're members of the church that God has called me to pastor and to take care of. So there is no way I'm going to, you know, send them away. I won't send them away. But if the church is not prepared, I told him, if the church is not prepared to pay the rentals for me because I'm staying with people, I'm very much happy to leave the house where I'm staying, look for another house and stay with these people. If you want to withhold 
you know your money if you want to withhold your support in protest because i'm taking care of these people so be it god will take care of me with them so i refused to let those guys go why because we care god has called us to care what is what does comfort what is comfort when the other brother is suffering what is the blessing when the other people next to you you know is struggling what is it what does it mean to be blessed when it is the only it is only you enjoying everything how about where is sharing is caring we talk about it to our children sharing is caring how about we begin to live out the faith and we truly begin to care we truly begin to share we truly begin to exhibit to show the life of god in our lives fast forward a number of years later i was pastoring now it was in cape town pastoring another church same thing had a number of guys that i was staying with you know together with my wife and uh, i was called what sunday morning you know about getting to church elders called me outside pastor we want to see you there are a lot of people that you are staying with at your house we are bringing food to your house uh surprisingly you know every time we come there's not much food in your house you need to get those guys out of your house then i say to them look you can't manage my house you can't manage my home and these people that i'm taking care of they are children some of them they are children of your, the very members that i'm pastoring i have to show love for, to them i have to take care of them and i told them look if you don't want to give me food if you don't want to support me because i'm taking care of people so be it i've never asked anyone for food i've never begged anyone but whatever little that the lord is going to bless me with i'll share with them why because we care that's christianity that is uh, okay what's the point of coming to church and pastoring people uh on empty stomachs you know people who are struggling when it is in the power of your hand to do so the writer of proverbs says do not withhold good from whom to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so if god has blessed you be a blessing in the book of james he says the same thing do not just say when a person has come and they have nothing to eat you say go and be fed when they have nothing to put on go may the lord keep you warm if it is in the power in your power to do it do it but where does it start from it starts from checking up on a brother and showing that you care i care for you i love you and you will not walk on your own i'll take you by the hand i'll walk the journey with you up until you are in a place where you are able to stand on your own while i help you i don't only help you financially emotionally but i'm also helping you to be able to stand on your feet so that you can be a blessing to other people around you make it a habit to always check out on other people and hear how they are doing and show that you care for mordecai it was a daily thing it's you know it breaks my heart usually when i hear people stand and share these amazing testimonies in church about how god has blessed them how god has been good to them but uh, but they are surrounded by people who are in so much need who need so much help especially those of the household of faith all right Acts chapter number 15 the jerusalem council you know 
uh, lectures given, they have discussed doctrine, they have finished about doctrine. And the apostles in Jerusalem, they then commanded and, and reminded uh, and instructed the apostle Paul and Barnabas to always take care of the poor people. Paul later on in the book of Galatians, he says, the very same thing that we were already doing, taking care of the needy, taking care of the poor people, checking out on brothers if they're okay, and supplying the need. Do you know, we'll talk about this more about this, I think, on Wednesday, but do you know that most of the collections that were being made in the New Testament church, they were being made to be a blessing to people around. And guess what? In our day and age, the Lord said to me, check where most of your money is going. Most of your collections, they are going to pay the bills. They are going to pay the rentals. But in the first church, most of their collections, they were going to be a blessing to other people. How about we get back to showing love to people? How about we go back to that place where the church is about people and not about buildings anymore? How about we come to a place where the, the church is about caring for another brother, not about the lights, not about the glamour, not about the latest, the latest camera, the latest this. All those things, they've got a space that they're important, but not as important as being a blessing to those of the household of faith first. Before we even talking about the world, What's the point of gathering money and, you know, and we, we go to the next orphanage center around us when we have in our midst those of the household of faith who need our help? That's the first thing. And the second thing that Mordecai was checking on was, what is happening to you? So it was not only, are you okay? How's your welfare? It was, what is happening to you? I want to know what is happening to you. It is time for us as the body of Christ to have heart-to-heart -heart conversations. Not conversations about Manchester United all the time. Not conversations about, oh, well, who, you know, who is going to be the next president for this country. But how about we, we have heart-to-heart -heart conversations where we say, what is happening to you? And when I'm asked that question, I don't feel like the other brother is trying to fish out information and, and gossip about it. Where I'm able to open up to a brother and say, brother, everything is not well. It's not well in my marriage. I'm not happy in my marriage. And I receive the counsel. We cover it up and everything. We just take it to God in prayer. But sometimes what we take in prayer, we need to share it with brothers and help and get the help that we need. The story of the Good Samaritan, it's a story about caring. It is a, it is a lesson. There's so much in that story. But what we learn from that story is that we need to care for each other. The good Samaritan is the one who cared, is the one who showed compassion, is the one who stooped, left everything that he was doing, got out of his way in order for him to be a blessing to other people. What the priest could not do, the good Samaritan did. What the Levite could not do, the good Samaritan did. Sometimes what we are going to embark on together, you and me, is things that the, you know, the bishops have failed to do, things that the pastors have failed to do, things that the priests have failed to do, things that you know, the apostles have failed to, do, failed to do. But I'm calling you and me today, I'm calling all of us today to step out and begin to do what the church has failed to do for a very long time. I'm calling all of you today to join me in this journey 
and begin to care for God's people and not really mind about stuff, mind about, you know, the next paycheck, but where we say, whatever God has blessed me with in this season, I'm going to check out on a brother. I'm going to ask them if they are okay. My parents, they took care of a lot of people. We grew up in our home, you know, knowing that we'll always stay with a lot of people. We always shared the little that we had. What lesson did I learn from them? That God is calling us to a life of caring. It's not only about you and me, my kids. It's about other people around us. If it means opening our door to be a blessing to other people, if it means discomfort on our part in order for us to bring in so many people, so shall it be. That's what we learned from them. That's what I learned from them to care, that we care. And today I'm just going to say out one other person as well who has shown that. You know, people who, who have cared, people who, 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 that I've learned from that cares. And I'm going to give particularly, well, I can actually uh, name every person in my family because I've learned all these things from them. You know, my, 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 my sister Letty, she cares. She has been a blessing to a lot of people. To live and to, to, sometimes it's not about the theology that you know. Sometimes it's about the life that you live. It's not about the theology. It's not about, you know, having the, the whole doctrine correct. But it's living the life of the Christ. And showing that you care. Not always easy. Sometimes people will take advantage of you. But you need to show that you care. Even if there's not going to be any return. But you need to show that you care. I've learned it from my sisters, my biological sisters. I've learned it from my biological brothers. I've learned it from people around me. I've learned it from people that I've interacted with. The importance of caring for other people. And all of us, I want to believe, we learned it from our parents. We have learned it from the life of Jesus that we care. How about we embark on this journey, church, to show that we care? How about we say, brother, if you lose your job, I'll be here to help you out. You will not walk this journey alone. I don't like Liverpool, but I think I like their, their motto. You will never walk alone. Whether you are defeated, whether you are winning or losing, and things are not fine, you will not walk alone. We will always be walking with you. This is the commitment that we need to make in this season, that we will live out our faith and re reflect the life of Jesus to everybody around us that we care and we genuinely care. We don't care because we want something in return from people around us. We care because we have been commanded by God to love one another. That's the command. We have been commanded to love one another. Praise God. You know, the Bible says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, but we but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Love in deed, not in truth. We should learn to care. Love in deed and not in tongue or in word only. Jesus said, by this, 
people will know that you are my disciples when you begin to love one another when you show each other the love the care people will know that you are my disciples not when your theology is now perfect but when you begin to care for each other people will know that you are my disciples we learn this from the first church in the book of acts they cared for each other nobody in their midst lacked anything they cared they always checked are you okay Mordecai did that to Esther Esther are you fine emotionally are you okay you may have the food in the palace but are you emotionally okay we care I'm inviting you and I'm challenging you as the body of Christ to show the love of God to a brother to show the love of God to a sister to pick up that phone today pick up that phone tomorrow call a friend Call a brother, call somebody that the Lord will lay in your heart and just ask them, are you okay? Can I do anything to help? What is happening to you? How best can I be a blessing to you? And just show somebody that you care. Praise God. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 to 40. Matthew 25, verse 34 to 40. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Okay? I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me then the righteous will answer him saying lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirst thirsty and give you drink when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer and say to them Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Whatever you do for a brother, whatever you do for a sister, whatever you do for another member of the body of Christ, Jesus says, you are doing it to me. When you visit that brother who is in prison, well, forget about whether he's guilty or not. But when you visit that brother who is in prison, Jesus says, you did it to me. When you visit that person who is sick, Jesus says, well, you did it to me. When you pick up that phone, when you text somebody and say, are you okay? Jesus says, well, you did it to me. When you pass, you know, daily to check at the women's quarters to check if Esther is okay, you are doing it to me because Esther is in my plan for the Jewish nation to save the whole nation. You do it for, for Esther, you're doing it for the Jewish nation. You're doing it for Esther, you're doing it for me. You're doing it for my name. Let's begin to do this for Jesus' name. Let's begin to do it for the sake of the kingdom. Sometimes people don't like the Jesus that we preach, the God that we preach, because he is never reflected or he's never presented as one who cares. He's presented as one who is angry, one who is after getting other people but that's not the case it is 
The Jesus that we preach, the Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus who cares. Who saw the sick and healed them. Who saw those who were broken and brought the solutions. Who said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you my yoke, which is easy. And I'll give you rest for your souls. I care. I'm here to lessen the burden. Let this mind, Philippians chapter number 2. Let's get the Philippians chapter number 2. You know, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that although he was God, but he did not count it robbery to be equal with God. He didn't count it robbery to be equal with God. No, he didn't. Verse 4, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It's no longer about you anymore. It's about others. After they discussed doctrine, Acts chapter 15, they ended by saying, remember the poor, remember those who are in need, in need. And Paul says the very same thing that we're already doing. Praise God. We care. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. One of my favorite verses right here. It says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Which means Timothy is going, having been sent by Paul. And Paul says, when I send Timothy, I will know your state. Because Timothy is going to come and check out if you are okay. Timothy, Timothy will come and check out if everything is okay with you. The reason I'm sending Timothy is because Timothy will genuinely come and he will find out your state. Timothy is not one who is going to come and just preach you a good message and will come and give me feedback whether there are still 100 in the church. And, you know, Timothy will come and preach and say, well, the praise and worship was amazing. Timothy will tell me about your state, your state, your state. I want to know how you're doing. Don't tell me, well, you know, like what we always do, church people, to cover up our head, our brokenness. Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I won't tell you what I'm going through. I'm blessed and highly favored. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know your challenges. I want to know your struggles. I want to know if you don't have food in your home. I want to know if you're struggling. Remember, we are members of the same body. I want to know how you're doing. Don't cover it up by nice church talk. Don't cover it up by positive confession. If you are sick, let me know. I'm sick, pastor. I'm going through a hard time. I just lost my job. I'm about to be fired. I've just been retrenched. I don't know when I'm going to get the next meal. I'm in a bad state. I want to know your state so that I know how to pray for you. I want to know your state. You know, I was in Cape Town and I asked another person, are you okay? And they told me, look, pastor, I'm not okay. My husband doesn't, is not working. I'm not working. We are about to pick our bags and, and leave this country. Things are not okay with us. And, you know, I say to my wife, I ask them, you know, I know you have been studying. What's happening? Well, Pastor, yes, I've been studying. Very bright person. But uh, look, I'm in second year now. I've actually finished my second year. I'm about to get into my third year. But for the past two years, I never had money, you know, to finish my, my studies. So I'm, I'm stuck. And if I make this move, 
it will be difficult for me. And I say to my wife, it can't be right. In a church where there are people, it can't be right for a person to go two years, three years, and they are not done with their studies because they cannot afford it. When there are people in the same church who can afford to be a blessing, this can't be right. So I, I say to my wife, so where is the church if things are like this? Where is the church if we cannot lessen each other's burden? Where is the church if a person will get to a place where they pick up their bags and they cannot get help anywhere because they are stranded and they have nowhere else to go? But the good news is the following week, you know, the wife got something to do, the husband got something to do, but still, you know, that money for them or for the lady to go and study is still needed. And I'm going to collect it from you. I, I need that money from you because this is, this is the church. This is what we have to do. We have to be a blessing to each other. Forget about the buildings. Forget, forget about the buildings. Forget about the latest, you know, camera. Forget about, you know, the latest, the latest car. Forget about the, forget about, and for once begin to think about the brother is the brother okay. Will it not be good for you to drive your latest car when your other brother is also driving their latest car because you were a blessing to them? So you see the details? There will be details that will be shared on the screen. I want you to send something for that person and you just put in fees as a reference. We need to be a blessing to someone. You just put fees as a reference. We need 7,000. That's how much money I need now to be a blessing to another brother. You put in whatever God presses on, you know, puts on your heart. We want to be a blessing to someone. We want to clear their debt. We want to register for their next semester. We want to be a blessing. We want to show that we care. We want to show that you will never walk alone. We want to share that we reveal the life of Christ even to people around us. Remember, we rest, we reveal. What do we reveal? We reveal the life of Christ and we reconcile the world back to the Lord. We need to begin to live out our faith. We love God. We love people. We serve people. We need to show that we care. Now, verse 20 says, For I have no one like-minded. <laughs> Maybe you have actually forgotten which, which, which chapter are we on. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to verse 22. Verse 20 says, For I have no one like-minded for a change. Th this should be very refreshing. For change, we are, not, we are not saying, well, give us money for us to stay on air. For a change, we are saying, give us money to be a blessing to another brother. Give us money to be a blessing to another sister. We need to be a blessing, especially to those of the household of faith. Verse 20, Paul says, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. What is it that is of Christ Jesus to care for another person? But you know the, his proven character, the character of Timothy, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Now, verse 20, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely, now other words for sincerely that we can use to replace that sincerely word is wholeheartedly, without pretense, in good faith, truly and honestly care for your state. All right. Others, they care for their own stuff. 
their own things. They are mindful about their own preachers caring for their own things, caring about growing their church. God never called us to grow our churches. God called us to be a blessing to each other. And he will add, he will grow the church when we begin to care, when we begin to show love, when we begin to break bread, and when we begin to live out our faith and genuinely, wholeheartedly, without pretense, in good faith, truly and honestly care for God's people's state. Genuinely. Look, don't be too modern to build a wall around your life and your house and say, well, I'm okay, I don't need anybody. Because you need people. Don't be too advanced in your life and too classy in your life and too good in your life to the extent that you know, you feel like you, you're okay on your own. I stayed with another guy. I saw him. He had a first class degree. But things were not okay for him. You know, when he came to my office, he was in a very bad state. It started, I think it was IT. Very sharp young man. Came to my office. I heard his story. I spoke with him. And I said, look, you can come over to my house and we can stay together. I'll be a blessing to you. Uh, we ministered deliverance to that young man. Uh, God set him free, completely and totally free. You know, some of you, you know him, completely and totally free. And he said something to me that really struck me, that always stayed with me in my heart. He says, Pastor, I was brought up to think that it is education that you need. If you're educated, you know, if you excel in school, you work hard, everything will be fine. I excelled in my school. I got my first class degree. But life is tied with my degree, you know, with, with everything. My life is tied. I, I thought I would never need anybody help me out because with, with the qualification, I'll be able to stand and did not need to depend on another person. But now I have learned that even if you're educated, sometimes you just need people to be a blessing to you. My wife and I were a blessing to that young man and God has blessed him. Now, as I'm talking to you, he's working for the United Nations right stayed in, stayed in rome bought his first property i was talking to him he wants to buy his second property god has been good to him and at one time before he even went to you know to work for the united nations and all that god opened doors for him you know he said to me i'm staying with so and so and i'm staying with this person and i said oh that's good you know you're doing very well and he says i learned it from you to take care of people and just to be a blessing to other people without expecting anything in return. I don't pick up my phone. I've never called him to say, well, I need money. You know, can you help me? I need money because I never did it for that. I was just being a blessing and showing that I care. He needed me at that particular time. Somebody needs you. Maybe now. You need somebody now. Somebody just to reveal and to show the love of God too. To show that you care. Praise God. So the Bible says here, Timothy genuinely cares for your state. He is like-minded, like Paul, like Jesus, to genuinely care for the state of other people. On the contrary, others, they care for their own, not the things which are of Christ. Praise God. Now, our last verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 to 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 to 26. 
I, I believe that you know you you're hearing my heart today um you know this morning when i was taking my walk i i cried out to the lord uh, i prayed that you hear the word and that it gets into your heart it has been a blessing to me for weeks now i've been i've been on it i've been meditating on it i've been praying about it i've I've prayed to God. I've seen my shortcomings. I've seen where I need to correct on my own, where I need to fix on my own, uh, you know, to become a better pastor, to become a better person, to become a better Christian. Now, verse 20 says, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts are greater modesty. Sorry, I have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given great honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care. The members should have the same care, not different, the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. If one member suffers, all members suffer with it. They see your brother picking up his bag every time, you know, going to church, you know, this beautiful mega big church, you know, you know, they, they carry their Bibles, they're going to church. And, and then the next day they hear that same person that, well, I'm struggling, you know, they died of hunger, you know, or maybe, uh, they need they, they they fail to pay their rentals because of the situation that they're currently going on uh, that is currently going on and they they have to relocate to emakaya you know because things are not okay with them you know what the whole body will suffer how will it suffer because they're like well he goes to church oh he's a member of that big church look at this pastor this is the kind of car that he drives oh look at their building oh look at the contributions that they're making to the church everything that is about our contributions is contributions that have nothing to do with the welfare of those the lord has given us when it is about your welfare you're on your own when it is about the church need it's all of us let's come together let's let's meet the need of the church how many things have we done that have nothing to do with building the life of a member of the church. We've invested in buildings. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but we should never invest in buildings more than we invest in the lives of those around us. Sometimes the greatest investment is the investment that we invest in the life of a person, not the investment that we put on a building, not the investment that we put on infrastructure, but we build the body of Christ, not by building church buildings, but by building church members. We are the body of Christ. We are members of the same body. If it is not well for your brother, look, the whole body suffers. The whole body suffers. The image of the body suffers. 
we can go it is you know people like doing it we can go and support every other person we can be amazing people you know to people who are in different communities when we are not amazing to people who are in our communities the instruction has always been plain and simple you start with the household of faith then you go out it's always jerusalem before you go to samaria it is always jerusalem because before you go to the uttermost parts of the world people need to practically see the life of god lived through us and when they see that we care we will be a blessing even without words to share the gospel with them gospel without words after jesus had been a blessing to the multitudes he had shared the word with them they were now hungry and the disciples say send them away let them go and find their own food let them go and you know meet their own needs and jesus says look we're not gonna send them away if they are with me they have their needs have to be met by me and he says you meet their needs no we don't have anything look when you begin to focus on meeting the needs of the members of the church of the brother of the sister guess what will happen multiplication will happen god will increase because you are now focused on people not focused on things you want to genuinely know the state of other people i'm not only talking about material things i'm talking about having a support system that is a blessing to somebody emotionally that is blessing to somebody physically and that is a blessing to somebody spiritually this is the call that i'm making to all of us jesus says let's feed them and the bible says they met their needs they were able to meet their needs what i'm saying today may not be the very most popular gospel it may not be the most popular message but this is what we ought to do as the church we are called to be a blessing to each other because as members of the same body we should have the same care for one another and if one member suffers all members suffer with it and if one member is honored all members rejoice with it will it not be wonderful to see those that we have been a blessing to graduate will it not be wonderful to see those that we have been a blessing to going to work laboring with their own hands having a decent life on their own will it not be a blessing to see those whose marriages God has used us to be a blessing to growing up old together will it not be good those in our midst who have been struggling with weaknesses we as the church having been a blessing to them having asked them the question you know are you okay is every what is happening to you will it not be a blessing to see them on the other side strong no longer as those men who are in distress who are broken who are empty but as the mighty man of valor all polished all you know solid all healthy all ready to stand and fight and defend david who was a blessing to them this is the call to every member of the body of christ to care especially during these difficult times we care we love you we praying for you and our desire is that you grow in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ and our desire is that we stand together in faith and become a blessing to other people gospel without words you are blessed